Hey everyone, we're back with the District 3 Podcast, episode 157. My name is Irvin. Joining us today are three candidates that are running for Washington County Justice of the Peace. Uh, Justin Meeks was running for Justice of the Peace um, for District 3. Uh, is it, it's District, right? For Justice yes, of the Peace. That's district. the correct term. Uh, Aaron Howerton, who's running for District 4. Hello. And uh, Don Kate Bonner, who's running for District 5, all Washington County Justice of the Peace. Yes. Thank you all for making the time to be here last minute, but I appreciate you all being here on this Thursday. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about um, your races, because a lot of the times I feel like the JP races aren't very highlighted like they should be, even though they do have such a big impact in our county in regards to like jail expansion, all these different things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- and I think it's important to highlight that and just to get people to know you all um, and, and some of the work that you want to do. Can you all, you know, in any order, you all can can talk however you want to. Why did you decide to run for this specific position in general? Sure. Um, I think it's important to start with uh, understanding what the job of a justice of the peace is. Because on the campaign trail, the number one thing that I've encountered is that people know about the job that you can marry people. And yes, that's true, but that's not predominantly (laughs) what the job is. It's uh, the county legislature. So... Think like your city council or your state legislature, uh, but on the Washington County scale. Uh, The name is kind of a misnomer because it's not judicial in any way. You oversee things like uh, the county budget, the uh, county laws or county ordinances, as they're called, uh, and the county jail, like you mentioned, and the detention center, the sheriff's office, stuff like that. Done. Hi, um, I'm running because... I don't like the way the current quorum court is being run and, uh-huh. the, you know, the majority of it. The disrespect they show the, candid- the constituents that show up for these meetings to want to be heard and they are being cut off and just bullied yeah. and I'm sick of it. I think uh-huh. we need to listen to our constituents, be an open door. We're all part of the same community and we're there for our citizens, not for our own pockets mm-hmm. or our own friends to make money or whatever so yeah. i want to bring that kind of transparency and openness to the quorum court uh, this is aaron i i got involved because i moved into district i'm kind of a, just fortunate i moved into washington county two years ago happened to move right into district four um where there's currently a uh a member serving that is didn't win the election. They have some trouble keeping people in the seat before, and then they got appointed. So it's not even representative of what the people want. And then I started going to quorum court meetings. To Don's point, I watched how uh, just how the court behaved. I watched how they treated each other. I watched how they treated other people when they showed up. And it was really baffling. It's been really interesting to see what our hot button issues, and then also to see where we actually do have occasionally some cross partisan overlap like land permit uses is one of those things where there's always bipartisan because people have different opinions on land permits but by and large there's a lot of toxicity on the court it's not being ran in a way that tends to reflect the people who show up asking for help Mm -hmm. so I see people come and they make public comments and you will have an issue on the table whether it's the jail expansion or something else and all I see predominantly you'll have 15 or 20 people show up and line up to say please don't do this please don't do this one person says well I think this is great along with generally some other colorful commentary and then the JP's vote and it passes because there's no discussion even the way the meeting is structured uh, you know Justin talked about ordinances there's an ordinance meaning there's a law on the books that says the JP's cannot respond 
to public comments. So mm-hmm. you walk up there, you sit down at the horseshoe, 15 people stare at you, you have three minutes to say whatever you want, and that's what's interesting. You can actually say whatever you want. And then they just say, thank you, your time is up. And that's it. There's no engagement. They won't answer questions. If you ask questions, there's no more. There's not even a slot after public comments to let the JPs respond to your inquiry. It's just done. The way they've structured the meeting, and they've done that by law, prohibits real citizen engagement. Mm-hmm. I find all that really frustrating. With yeah. my background in yeah. operations, I just want to see some of that be more transparent. It's been very difficult to find out what have the JPs supported in the past. Um, even, to Justin, to your point, like I get a lot of the same questions. I can marry people. Yes, that's part of it, mm-hmm. but it's county budget management, and there's no transparency yeah. about that, what it means, um, and what people have done. So uh, part of my involvement is I happen to be right place, right time. I think that's a lot of most people's stories. But I'm hoping to provide a little bit more service in terms of let's get the community educated. Let's mm-hmm. try to draw in people that are fringe. I live in the lowest turnout district in the whole of Washington County. We will have probably less than 1,500 people out of more than 5,000 that should be eligible to participate mm-hmm. show up. And I want to try to change that by going and doing the service and bringing that back to this community to say, no, there are people that are listening. They're trying to help you out. And Aaron, I, I believe your district is the district where uh, Kenny ran before, I believe. Uh, yes, Kenny I think he Judith. won. Yeah, yeah, it was Judith the time before last, and then Kenny won last time. Um, and Kenny, I think, didn't take the seat, and then Judith tried to take it. But my understanding is, it's just it's it is, and you can see this if you go the yeah. the, the toxicity on the court. It's very difficult. The the justices yeah. we have, you can see that the, they're tired. They're tired of the same conversations, the lack of compromise, the lack of conversation around any key issues. There's really not it. Um, if you don't go to the committee meetings, just go to the general meetings. It gets really ugly in there. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was. It was sad to see um, Kenny not be able to continue on that position. I actually was the one that recruited him mm. to run for that position. That. I, yeah. I actually texted him and I was like, "Hey, this position's open. You live in this district." Um, I, I think that there's been some sort of change, right, recently in the district. In that district, I think uh, has it become? Did you get like a a bigger piece of of? Uh, land added to your district now? I don't think so. So with, you're talking about like with the redistricting? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be interested to know how this impacted y'all's districts because mine actually, I think, got a little smaller, a little tighter, mm-hmm. and that actually made it more dominantly what would I mean be traditionally considered the minority population, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it is a large population, I think, of Hispanic and Marshallese people live in this district, mm-hmm. which would really represent the majority of the district. But getting engaged in that community, it's tough. Right, yeah. and after after you've been marginalized and ignored for 15, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. it's hard to hard to blame anybody for not showing up and doing anything. It's a uh, it's a hard road. So, I, and I don't know much about you know Kenny's story, what that happened and what happened there, and we don't have to go into it today. But I mean, yeah. it's just a, this is the point of there is history of, yeah. and for us at least, democratic representation on the court. And right now, it's held by a Republican through governor appointment. So, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that people will show up. They'll go to the polls. They'll support the D, yeah. and we can we can. I can get back on and I'll stay with it and I'll stick with the service and try to ride it out. The reason why I bring that up is because I know that the that district specifically, and I don't know if it had changed, you, you say it became smaller. I think a little bit. Um, the folks that have ran in the past in that seat, like as a Democrat, they haven't campaigned much. And they've, they haven't campaigned at all, actually. Absolutely. I don't think uh, Judith or Kenny ever knocked any doors. Yeah. Uh, what, how has your strategy looked like? Because I think that, and I mean, Judith and Kenny were both able to win without it campaigning at all. But I kind of yeah. feel like I've seen you 
do more work than I've ever seen anybody I'm trying for that race. I appreciate the recognition. I was just telling Justin before. Like Justin's working a lot harder than I am. I think Don's probably working harder than I am. <laughs> no, I'm probably uh, working the least. There you go. That's fair. Yeah, she didn't say that. Yeah. She's working for you. Don't well, worry. no. I mean, <laughs> as far as knocking doors, I've done as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. It, it is tough, though, right? Because most of the tough. JPs are running for a part-time role. It'll pay $200 a meeting, which is really a lot. For any, most families that live in my community, they would love yeah. to be able to get $200 a night to go show up and sit down and talk mm-hmm. for two and a half hours. Um, so it, it's a it's an interesting role, but it's part-time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We Whereas, all have full-time and also, jobs. You know, I'm also running up against people like Josh Moody, who is like on the trail every day for, what, yeah. seven months now. Quit his job to focus on the campaign. You can't outwork Josh. So I feel like a loser compared to the rest of the people I'm running <laughs> oh, with yeah. because they are I mean, substantially doing more. But you're probably still doing more than your opponent. I am, right? This is <laughs> yeah. my opponent didn't show up until two days before the ballot draw. They the, per, yeah. the original person moved, and then he got on the ballot. Now his signs have popped up in yards of people he knows. I've seen mm. some signage. Can't find him online. Can't find him on Facebook. Can't find him oh. on Twitter. So you're right. I am trying. I appreciate that somebody sees yeah. it. Uh, I feel like I've done more than has been done in the past. Um, but I don't have a deep connection, I think, to the community that it represents. And mm. I do feel like my seat is more of a placeholder of to your point, like I think there might be more people that know more what's happening because I'm new to this area. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to represent it. I'm willing to listen. Uh, which, I mean, Justin, how long have y'all lived in this area? Probably a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Um, my, my wife is actually born and raised up here. Um, I, I've uh, been in uh, my district for a little over a year now, mm-hmm. uh, but in northwest Arkansas since uh, I got back from law school. I did law school in uh, New York, did my undergrad at UALR. Um, and so that was 2017. So, oh man, that's been five years now. Okay. How about well, you, Don? I was born and raised in Springdale. Oh, really? My grandfather was a justice of the peace in the 50s, representing wow. District 5. I don't know what district it was then, but yeah. I mean, our family's been on that land for almost 100 years. So, okay. um, deep, deep roots. Did you go to Springdale High School? Yep. Springdale High School. My dad went to Springdale High School. Same. My son, my brother, my niece and nephew. I mean, I mean, a lot of people in my family graduated from Springdale. Yeah, Lisa Hutchinson graduated from Springdale High School too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the so far, you know, you all have been out campaigning, knocking on doors. How how has it been for you? What has your experience been like knocking doors? Because I know it's different for everybody. Mine's been pretty good. Uh, I I really have not gotten a lot of hostile feedback from a lot of people, and I've been to a lot of doors. Uh, I am. Uh, going to have knocked every single door uh, with a registered voter in the district by Monday. Um, So that's a little over um, 3,000, I think, uh, we're closing in on. Um, (laughs) You sure Josh Moody works the hardest? (laughs) Justin's over here. Josh is probably well in excess of 5,000. Listener, you can't see Don and I rolling our eyes. I'm not not hitting 3,000. I wish we had visuals. Um, But yeah, I mean, of course, there's, you know, some unfriendly people. I had a a guy the other day that uh, told me that he was just going to rip up my my push card and throw it in the trash. And and I was Mm. like... can you just give it back to me and I'll give it to somebody else? I don't, I don't care if you don't want it, but I had a guy when I ran for state rep, I had a guy bring my flyer and throw it in front of the, the Washington County Democrats headquarters. 
Really? And it had his name on it and everything. Wow. And I was like, at least take your name off. It's I like, know yeah. it's you. And yeah, why waste the it. time? <laughs> yeah. Why waste the time to drive it all the way, you know? I know. What they say? All press is good press. Yeah. yeah. And the guy, and the guy. I mean, I had talked to him before, and he didn't have, like, transportation or, or anything. So, like, he probably had to go, like, way beyond, like, what he wow. could yeah. just to throw it in front of the headquarters for some See, reason. See, what I take away is you're motivating people to get involved. Right? Yeah, that's right. Hey. There you go. Absolutely. Hey, I feel like you, you have to. You have to be able to do that. And you also have to come up with innovative ways, you know, of, of campaigning. Uh, is there anything that you can think of that maybe you have done differently from other candidates in, in this race the past few months? Anything? Or, or is the blueprint there and you just follow the blueprint, knocking on doors, yeah, trying to talk that. to as many people as possible? I've called some people, and one of the things that I've told them, and I'm sure other people probably have, that, you know, this is my cell phone number that I'm calling mm -hmm. from, and if I win, this is an open door. You know, if yeah. you ever have any issues, um, I'm here. That's what I'm going to be here for, yeah. to hear your feedback and any problems you have. That's just the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of justice of the peace I want to be. I want to be open. And I'm going to propose, if I do win, that we have one meeting a quarter that's devoted totally to the public, like a town hall mm. type mm -hmm. gathering where we that's can get to know idea. those people. I mean, I, I, want it to, I want people to feel like they're involved and we're not just figureheads sitting up there making all these decisions without any regard for what they want. Yeah. So I think that would be an awesome thing, and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be during quorum court meetings, but you know, a regular gathering. Trying to be accessible. Yeah. Try to be more accessible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about the role. Um, you know, I was I was asking, coming into this, I'm trying to understand what's what's the requirements, what does it take, right? And I've talked to you, like Greg Letting has been really open book, helping a lot of us understand what he does at the state level. Yeah. And trying to understand the requirements and something that's not clicked with me because I've always worked a regular job, full time, eight to five. Here's your responsibilities. You need to clock in and clock out, kind of stuff. And in politics, it's not like that, right? You get these roles. It's kind of what you do with it. So if you get a senator position or a house position at the state. Show up, don't show up. It's kind of up to the voters to hold you accountable. No one else will do that. So right. if you're not writing legislation, if you're not showing up at meetings, you're still getting paid. You're still you're still a member. JP is kind of like that. If you don't come to any meetings, you don't get paid. That's the other side. Great. You get paid when you come to a meeting. You can go to as many meetings as you want as long as they're held. And every time you show up, even if you're not on the committee, you can sign in and you can get paid. So you can kind of control some of the income, but you can also do what you want with the role. If you want to put in the extra hours and have a town hall, you can do that. If you want to you know, meet with constituents once a month and open that door, you can do that. Those things don't get you compensated. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's always a balance of, I'm still going to have to work a full-time job with this to yeah. pay the bills, and I'm a single-income family. Yeah. So we have yeah. to kind of, I think, figure all that out and figure out what works yeah. for all the JPs and then the, the other freedom of information. I'm totally on board with these ideas. That's one of the problems oh, I yeah. have is there's no yeah. access. Right. Um, but in terms of differentiative campaign, I'm following more of the blueprint. I've mm -hmm. gone to the party yeah. and said, hey, what do you guys have? Erin Moody is killing it in terms of organizing. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Again, she's running Josh's campaign. She's also working full time. And she's been giving us a lot of support and ideas. Oh, and she yeah. pulls that in. There's a huge community of people that are also really interested in seeing us win and seeing more success. And there's different ideas and innovative ideas. My, I'm knocking on doors, which I think I've been really honest about on my TikTok. I hate knocking on doors. It's my <laughs> least favorite thing to do I in the world. Too. Um, <laughs> but it, I can tell that it works. People yeah. are like, oh, you're the, you're the candidate. That conversation. One lady gave me yeah. a pot of peppers, like a beautiful pot <laughs> of like all these colored peppers because she just had so many. And it was, so I've had some good experiences for the most part. Hostility is not really there. I've had a couple people just shut the door, not yeah. willing to talk to me. But yeah. generally, I am affirmed that people are decent. 
They do yeah. want change. Most of them are just not involved because they're apathetic or they're busy. Like, yeah. great, early yeah. voting's open. open. I have two jobs. Mm-hmm. So I'll get there when I can, if I can. Right. And yeah. I think that's a lot of the mindset is we've, we've got to fight to help people understand that this is what clicked it for me, too. There's millions of dollars at stake in these decisions, millions of dollars that impact our county, the use of ARPA funds, how those get pushed out, right? Mm-hmm. I had no idea until I got involved, and that's one of the pieces that keeps me running. So. I will say, to, uh, as far as the blueprint, I, I've probably been the least blueprint candidate out there. I've probably given Erin more headaches than she deserves. Erin <laughs> uh, Moody, not Erin Howerton, uh, to be clear. Maybe Aaron I, I've probably too. given Erin Howerton some headaches, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Because uh, part of the blueprint is very data-driven and trying to target what doors to knock and uh, trying to be very specific in in turning out your voters and and I've taken more of a I'm going to try and win everybody uh, approach yeah. uh, and, and in a district like mine that's R plus 15 which means that uh, the Republican won by more than 15 percentage points or 15 percentage points in the last election uh, that's kind of what I, I feel like I have to do mm-hmm. is uh, I've got to reach people that um, that wouldn't otherwise vote for a Democrat. Uh, yeah. And part of doing that has been a, uh, a proposal that I make with people and uh, relying on that the Republicans, they don't show up mm-hmm. and they, they aren't invested. And they don't even show up to the forums. Yeah, they show up to the forums. And, and I, you know, they show up to all the Chamber of Commerce events. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, I mean, they, like you said, they don't show up to the candidate forums. Mm-hmm. They show up yeah. to, you know, Chamber of Commerce forums or stuff like that, but the not easy like ones. that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they show up to friendly territories. So I've been going to uh, uh, deep red Republican households out in the woods above uh, Springdale towards Elm Springs and been saying, you know what, me and you might not agree on everything, but I'm here and I'm asking for your vote. Mm-hmm. And if my opponent comes and knocks on your door and asks for your vote, have at it. But mm-hmm. if they don't, if he doesn't show up and and value you enough to ask for your vote, come out and vote for me, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> Love it. And how does how does uh, your district look look like? Because I know that only in this race, these races specifically, only the people living in the districts can vote for you. Um, yeah. Can you all describe what your district looks like? Sure. Um, mine is probably the smallest, if not second smallest. Uh, it. Uh, it's a little rectangle at the north of Springdale that goes from uh, Lake Elmdale uh, to North Thompson, uh, the western and eastern borders, the northern border is the county line, the southern border is uh, Elm Springs Road as it rides to Huntsville uh, Road. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty heavily uh, Latinx, um, though the uh, number of registered voters doesn't reflect that. Uh, There's about 16,000 people uh, in the district, um, but only uh, a little over 7,000 registered voters in the district. Mm. Um, That's generally the makeup of mine. Justin's got all the details. I, don't. <laughs> I couldn't even describe my district when yeah. I ran. Like, yeah. like Justin just Mine's described his. predominantly rural. Mm-hmm. It's northeastern Washington County. So it, it encompasses far eastern Springdale. Mm-hmm. Some of it goes up above Aaron's yeah. district on up to Randall Wabi, Bay Area Elementary, that okay. area. 
and then all the way to Spring Valley down to Goshen. A lot of Goshen is in mine. So I have a lot of territory. So I'm in your district. Yeah. Um, So it's hard to knock doors. I mean, I mean, I've (laughs) knocked neighborhoods and, you know, as many as I can. I was just thinking. I'm not, you know, being a rural liver person who resides in a rural community. I don't want people knocking on my door. Yeah. You know, but my experience has been very positive. A lot of people were very surprised, you know, well, thank you so much for stopping by and telling, you know. And some of them are just indifferent, you know, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's very rural and I'm sure very red, very old and set in their ways. I don't know. I don't know the, you know, I don't know the demographics really like, <laughs> like Justin has. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of them are my neighbors. I know a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know my opponent. Not very many people that I know have ever heard of him. Who is so. your, oh, I don't even want to, I don't know if I want to um, that time. You can tell but, me later. I mean, he's a newcomer, <laughs> just like me. We're both new yeah. to this. So okay. um, I think the l- plague field is pretty level. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, a Republican white dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So I think about your territory and I was just thinking, um, so mine is, Mine is a lot more structured. I feel fortunate. You know, I can pull up in a neighborhood park and then walk for an hour and hit 20 or 30, 40 doors really easily. Mm. Don, Don can't do that across our whole area because, again, it's like, oh, this is a country dirt road, and there's a house yeah. here, and there's a house too. Like, it's a lot of driving and then going down driveways. And anytime you yeah. pull on a driveway, those people are going, who's on my property, right? Like, or then you get dogs that are just running right. around. Um, so That's door scary. knocking is a uh, – it just depends <laughs> on where you're at. Now, in my territory, it's Butterfield Coach on the east side. Uh, two blocks, like roughly two blocks west of Thompson on the west mm-hmm. side, and then it stops at 412 uh, Robinson on the south end. And then on the north end, it's really jagged, and it kind of follows the industrial development. So where residential starts to run out and becomes industrial, it's, the line kind of falls somewhere in there. Um, so it's a it's a, almost a rectangle, but it's a pretty consistent little block. And that makes it easy. Like I am running some Facebook ads. I did manage to finally figure out how to do that. I don't know if, if, if you've ever done that. Oh, it oh, takes a while. My gosh. Yeah. Like, oh, notary? Give notary? Us, I had to go notary. Yeah, show, mm-hmm. oh, give us your ID. Did the ID. Nope, that's not good enough. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. fine. So <laughs> some random notary at the bank proved who I was. Yeah, and then it's like get your ad thing. It's and then after November first, it gets more complicated. But you can't. Mm-hmm. I think no more no more new ads after November first. Yeah, yeah. So like over the weekend, <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like writing posts and and using Google Translate to try to get some you know. One of yours popped up on my newsfeed. Oh, fantastic. yeah, it was in I, Spanish. I, I got one. Perfect. That's good because yeah. I, I did I did one where I was I like it's too. a short blurb. I went to Google Translate to get translation going. Yeah, yeah. Put that in there. Um, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I say, like, when people ask, like, do I speak Spanish? I knock on those doors. I say, ah, yo hablo muy poquito español. Uh, and I think I've learned almost how to say I'm a candidate for justice of the peace. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Again, very, very kind community at the end of the day. People are, are very open to it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the makeup of my territory. So the only the only question that I just want to ask, like, issues-wise, is just about the gel expansion. I'm very passionate against it because of my work with the Bell Project and just simply because I've – been exposed to uh, that our jails are overcrowded because there's folks in there with FTAs that are in there for like twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand dollars. Folks for uh, like little small drug charges, all these different things that we could easily release these folks and let them come back, you know, for court. And you know, with the bail project, we've been able to bail people out, get them to rights to court reminders and stuff that have helped, you know, get people back to court. So people do show up. 
uh, 92% of, of our folks show up to court. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you all in that, on that issue? Um, how do you feel if, you know, if elected to this position, what were, what will your, um, stance be? So I'm completely opposed to it. And, you know, for years people have talked about, you know, tax and spend Democrats and, uh, that that's often our solution to, to things is to tax the people more and then spend more and just throw money at problems. But I don't think we're talking about enough about the tax or the tax and jail Republicans, that their entire solution to, uh, to our community right now isn't even a real solution. It's to increase our taxes and to put more people in jail, which yeah. is a vicious cycle. And Irvin, you know this through through your work that how uh, how disproportionately it infects communities of color, and it's it's just cruel. Uh, yeah. I'm a former DHS attorney. I've, I've predominantly worked in uh, adult protective services and adult guardianship, so I saw firsthand the number of people in our county jail that are there for no other reason than they had a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that's cruel too. And th- yes, we do have, uh, and thank God for the crisis stabilization unit, but that's only got 60 beds. And mm-hmm. uh, that only just recently reopened. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the fact that we're trying to build uh, 100 more beds for the jail than we are for the crisis stabilization unit or to look at other uh, alternatives like bail reform. Uh, I, I think it's a half-baked idea because they didn't want to bake it any further. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, do y'all want to mention anything? No, I agree with all of that, and I feel like it, it disproportionately affects poorer people. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to bail themselves out, so they get stuck in the jail for the maximum amount. And, I mean, it's just, you know, there's other ways to handle jail overcrowding this, absolutely. than to add on. Because mm-hmm. then you got to pay the people that are running it. you got to hire new, you know, jailers or whoever. I mean, it, it, it doesn't just end with the cost of the building itself. Yeah, right. There's added costs that, that you accrue through the process, and mm-hmm. I'm against it. And right now, when we're, the economy is such a big deal for people, to raise a tax, to even propose a tax increase mm-hmm. is yeah. just insanity yeah. to me. The, the jail expansion is that was been one's been fun to fun to research. I, I, I'm a business analyst at, at work. That's what I do. I look into research and do problems, to try to find all the triggers. And with that one, like that goes back years. That's not just a, oh now we have a tax. In 2019, the quorum court that's basically serving now voted against putting a tax on the ballot for expansion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that forced the jail in 2020 to do population reduction on their own. At the beginning of the pandemic, p- before the pandemic was a thing, like in March of that year when it became a thing. They started programs to reduce the population, and they brought it down by more than 50% by working yeah. through programs. with the, They worked with local judges and lawyers, and they, mm-hmm. got, they got the nonviolent offenders out. Now, there are – the Republicans point toward, you know, there's – well, we let some people out that shouldn't have got out, and we had an, an officer hurt – and not just hurt, but, but killed mm-hmm. by one of these people. It, that's tragic. I don't want to underplay that that's tragic. Um, but that's because the process – wasn't vetted well because they mm-hmm. were rushing, and then they didn't they didn't systematize any of those processes to keep the problem from coming back. So now, two years later, 
The reason we have a tax on the ballot is because they tried to use ARPA funds, even though there were JPs who said, ah, that's not allowed. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. Georgia can't do it. And government finally shows up and slaps them on the wrist after they've started spending money on proposals and this kind of stuff. So now they're kind of, I feel like we got stuck in a situation where they've made commitments that have to be funded somehow mm -hmm. at this point. And now, well, now we need to put it in front of the citizens. And they're going to say, well, no, we're giving the citizens a choice. You have a choice over this because we're, this is democracy in action, yeah. but it's a choice that's been leveraged against them over years of poor management, right? So the jail mm -hmm. population issue, that's a sign of poor leadership at the quorum court level, mm -hmm. 100%. I don't blame the sheriff. I feel bad for him because he's having to come and ask for help. He clearly has not enough beds. Maybe we need some sort of revitalization and expansion of the jail to help with what current facilities there are, but that is not the answer right now when we haven't even invested in any of the programs. We have a 124-page report that we paid $60,000 for that mm. I don't think any of the JPs have read. I was except for, for maybe, that. Yeah, except yeah, for yeah. maybe the Democrats. And it's just difficult. We're stuck in a situation now where they want to put a tax out there, and they'll say, oh, it's such a small tax. But Don's point's right. They have no plan to operate this past the building once yeah. it gets built. And honestly, when I asked one of the JPs, I talked to Butch Pond about this outside the Corm Corps one day, and we talked for several minutes, and he's, he's, uh, he'll say, I'm all for the programs and all that, but, you know, we gotta, we got to have the beds there first. And I said, okay, fine, Butch. It gets approved. You don't even get beds for three years. What do you do in the meantime? His response to me was, let them suffer. Mm. I just walked away going, That's, this is the wrong. Yeah. And he's, got a, he's got a great opponent in Ashley Hicks, and, and this is just yes, the wrong group absolutely. of people leading our county right now. We, well, they even we say that publicly on the meetings. They say stuff like that all the time. All the yeah. time. Talking all about how time. bad these criminals well, are. It's, all these just, yeah. it's lazy. Yeah. It's a lazy attitude. And, and, and to touch on that a little bit, that the, the entire messaging around this it, it isn't just, hasn't just been cruel. It's been overtly racist. Mm -hmm. There is a yeah. justice of the peace on the quorum court right now. I'm not going to give her name any airtime except to say her opponent is Michael Mappa, and if he's elected, he would be the first Marshallese American mm -hmm. ever elected in the United States. He was also a veteran, by the way. And yes. he is a veteran, yes. Um, he seems like a good guy. I'll say mm -hmm. that, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good guy. No, he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. And his opponent specifically mentioned communities of color and saying that uh, they are bringing crime to Springdale, that they are... If, oh, geez, if yeah. they are impregnating our yeah, daughters. Yes, thank you. I was trying to grasp for the actual uh, phrase yeah. that she used, but yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was. Um, yeah. Then and that's another thing, too, and that, that I think that in particular, JP, and I think I've seen, is that they'll come off the horseshoe, which for those who don't know, the quorum court is set up on a horseshoe table, so they refer to the horseshoe and then the gallery where we sit as uh, public comments. They'll come off the horseshoe to make public comments as citizens and take up public comment time. So JPs mm -hmm. are stepping down off of their position to come make, it's in, it's beyond ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah it's just, that's the toxicity we've talked about, right? I think most of the people that I meet, at least running as Democrats, we our goal is to bring a balanced conversation back, to make ra yeah. rational decisions about what we wanna do, to have compromise, to listen to people, and to try to put in programs that'll address some of the systemic problems that contribute to overcrowding, which is, includes bail process it includes addressing issues of poverty and access to education access yeah. to the ballot box it's not just one issue we can't just fix it with adding a few more beds that's not going to change anything definitely um, and for those that haven't made up their mind yet that are listening um, can you just give a quick spiel on on why you're the best candidate for this position and what people can expect from you if elected I'll start. Uh, <laughs> We're all looking around. <laughs> um, I'm a lifelong Springdale resident. I 
I work with you, I shop with you, I live in your neighborhoods, and I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to be there through thick and thin, regardless of what the issue is. I will listen to you, and I will hear you and go to bat for you. I mean, mm. that's, that's what we need. I'm just a citizen just like you. I just want to be able to have a voice for the people out there that don't feel like they have a voice and that it doesn't matter. I want everybody to realize their voice matters, and that's why I'm running. Uh, I can say that for me, my biggest argument is that I'm here and I'm trying. I, I haven't seen any opponents on the trail. I haven't seen them make any comments, public comments. They haven't attended quorum court meetings. They haven't done anything. I'm trying. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up at times. Uh, I'm not going to be a rubber stamp. Put that too. Like right now, the, the parties tend to be a rubber stamp for whatever agenda item hits the board. Don't intend on being a rubber stamp. Um, I think that this community deserves more, and I'm looking to help provide the leadership in my district to show that we do care. People are listening. And if someone shows up who is more representative or more interested or has a voice that's more unique than mine to contribute to the conversation, I'm ready to help support that person in figuring out how they can get involved. Um, you know, I'm here because it's, it's an opportunity right now to serve, and that's what I'm interested in doing. For me, it's experience and compassion. I'm a former justice of the peace. I've done this job before. Uh, I was elected when I was 20 uh, in Saline County, Arkansas, um, and served a term, then went to law school. After law school, I became a DHS attorney. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, I've, I've seen firsthand what our county can do for vulnerable communities, for people with mental health issues, for uh, minority populations uh, who are being underserved and one of the things that I want to do if I'm elected is make sure that all of our county services and this includes quorum court meetings this includes all ordinances this includes agendas for the quorum court meetings are translated into Spanish and Marshallese because we are locking okay. two growing and important communities completely out of involvement in their county government uh, I I am a white man cisgendered straight hetero uh, Arkansas born and raised person. I recognize that life and privilege have put me in the position that I am and I want to use that to serve communities that are being attacked by their government and that's why I'm running for this position and that's why I hope I will earn uh, any of your listeners uh, votes who live in District 3. Well, thank you all for your time today, for being here for this interview last minute, like I said. <laughs> and for the folks that are listening, just a reminder, the folks that are here that you heard uh, speak today, if you see them on the ballot, uh, make sure you vote for them. Uh, Justin Meeks, who's running for Justice of the Peace in Washington County, District 3. Aaron Howerton, who's running for Washington County, uh, Justice of the Peace, District 4. And Don Kate Bonner, who's running for Justice of the Peace in Washington County, District 5. Uh, if you if you see them on your ballot, make sure you vote for them. You'll probably still see them out in the community in the next few days. So if you see them, uh, go up to them, ask them questions. If you have any other questions or concerns that you didn't uh, feel were addressed on this podcast episode, it's always good to do your own research. You know, I don't like to specifically tell people who to vote for, but I know a lot of people sometimes ask um, as to who the good candidates are. These are people that are coming, um, you know, to spaces like this. Um, to listen, but at the same time, you know, to answer questions or concerns that the people might have. And that's kind of what we need in elected officials. We need people that are going to be 
visible and are not going to hide and avoid forums like folks have been doing for the past yeah. few months here in Washington yes. County. So um, that's the end of episode 157. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Mm-hmm.